This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the September edition of my year-long podcast series on creating a more effective compliance program. Each month during this year, I'm focusing on a different topic, which will help you create a more effective compliance program. And for the month of September, I'm going to focus on innovation in compliance. First, a word from this month's sponsor, Oversight Systems. Thanks, Tom, and thanks to everyone for joining us today. Oversight's artificial intelligence platform takes a comprehensive, multi-dimensional approach to identifying anomalies that are suggestive of bribery and corruption. Our analytics look across various dimensions such as employees, attendees, vendors, and countries over an extended time period. This enables us to identify employees exhibiting patterns of potentially improper behavior or collusion that are difficult to detect by auditing a single transaction at a time. Based on the analysis, employees or vendors engaged in risky behavior are presented in a risk-ranked format for easy examination. Remediation activities and the underlying root causes are automatically documented to drive continuous improvement. Oversight clients can easily demonstrate to the board and, if ever necessary, to the regulatory authorities that proactive monitoring of business transactions for anti-bribery and corruption risk is an integral part of company operations. With Oversight's Insights On Demand, you can have a best practice approach to identify possible violations in travel and entertainment and procure-to-pay programs. For more information, visit us at oversightsystems.com. Innovation indeed. I hope you will join me for the entire one-month series on innovation. I'm going to take a look at artificial intelligence, social media, leadership, and structural innovations. I think you will find it a fascinating month, and at the end of the month, you will have multiple tools and techniques which you can utilize to make your compliance program not only more effective, but operationalized, more efficient, and helping you to create greater profitability for your organization. This podcast, One Month to a Better Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 9, Disruptive Innovation in Compliance. One of the key things the Department of Justice has consistently communicated is the importance of operationalizing your compliance program rather than simply having a paper compliance program in place. The Department of Justice's evaluation of corporate compliance programs makes clear that to receive credit in any FCPA enforcement action, you must fully operationalize your compliance program in the remediation phase. I thought about this in the in the context of disruptive innovation. <clears throat> while many com- well, much of the commentary around disruptive innovation is in danger of losing their usefulness because they've misunderstood and applied it, this, there are three key elements of the disruption theory, which I believe are significant for the compliance context and the compliance practitioner. First, compliance is a process. While this may seem as about the most self-evident statement one can make, as late as last week, I was contacted by someone who wanted an off-the-shelf compliance package. They wanted me to do a couple of interviews of senior management and put in a canned software program so that they could claim they had a compliance program in place. This type of attitude demonstrates the continuing battle the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission face when communicating their expectations around compliance programs. 
Compliance programs should evolve as business risks change. Just as disruptive innovation tends to focus on process, your compliance program should focus on the overall business process to be successful. The second key point is that Compliance 3.0 is a very different animal from compliance programs of the past decade. As compliance programs have matured and the structural changes brought about by the Compliance 2.0 model as articulated by Donna Bohm and others, we have now moved to, on to Compliance 3.0, where compliance is actually put into the fabric of an organization. The compliance function is moving from a solution shop, where all compliance functions are centered in the legal or compliance department, to a process function, where the frontline business team can utilize technology and other tools to fully operationalize compliance and indeed burn it into the fabric of your organization. The DOJ Compliance Council spoke to this concept in recent remarks about how well a company would operationalize compliance by incorporating the business functions inputted to the compliance around appropriate internal controls. New business models such as disruption translate into how a company can burn compliance into the very fabric of an organization rather than by simply sitting in the corporate office in the United States. The final point is that not all disruption innovations succeed. Disruption is only one step in the creative and growth process. Think about Uber, and not the Uber of the Travis Kalanick resigning corporate scandal. Think about Uber as a disruptive business. Uber uses the smartphone platform, coupled with a superior rider experience, as a part of its business model. For the compliance practitioner, I think the key concept is what SCCE President Roy Snell says are the three goals of a compliance program, to prevent, find, and fix issues. You can also think about it in terms of Paul McNulty's famous three maxims, what did you do to prevent it, what did you do to detect it, and what did you do after you found out about it. This is why any successful compliance program should have multiple levels of oversight built into it. If something does slip through, a level of oversight should be in place to review and hopefully prevent it. Consider the BHP Billiton FCPA enforcement action. It involves gifts, travel, and entertainment around the 2008 Beijing Olympics. The issue was not that foreign officials were feted at the event. The issue that got the company into trouble was that they did not perform oversight over a carefully crafted compliance program. A similar issue was seen in the Eli Lilly FCPA enforcement action where charitable donations were approved by an oversight committee without any substantive review and distributor commission rates were approved outside the standard range without appropriate review. Disruptive innovation has come to the compliance arena. One of the best examples I can point you to is Lewis Sapperman, the chief compliance officer at Dun & Bradstreet, who's incorporated not only social media tools into his compliance program, but the concepts of a two-way communication into his compliance program. Another that springs to mind is Scott Lane from the Red Flag Group, who is certainly one of the first and most consistently consistent commentators on the use of companies' own data to facilitate a straight line of sight by a CCO or compliance practitioner into the transactions needing more detailed review. Unfortunately, and I was one, as many compliance practitioners or lawyers, we are naturally reticent to embrace such change. However, I think the pronouncements of the Department of Justice this year have made it clear 
er than ever of the need for continued evolution of anti-corruption compliance going forward. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, as your business risks change, your compliance program has to change. This may seem axiomatic, uh, but it may sound revolutionary to some companies. You've got to know where you are and what you're doing so that you can adequately manage those risks. Number two, I've used the word operationalize a lot, but there's another way to think about it, which is compliance has moved to the front lines of the business. You've got to have your business development people out there trained on how to do business ethically and in compliance with the FCPA. And finally, disruptive innovation is not a end in and of itself. It is one step in both the creative and growth process. So as you disrupt your compliance program, there are going to be fits and starts. There are going to be bits and bumps. There's going to be halts and changes. That's all part of the disruption process. And certainly management should understand that, but they should have that clear expectation going in. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed day nine of one month of innovation and compliance, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 10. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you again for listening to this episode of One Month to More Effective Innovation and Compliance. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I hope that you would rate our podcast as would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the only monthly podcast series in compliance, which will help you create a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>